Welcome to the Revo Podcast. Revo Church is one church in multiple locations with a vision to spark a revolution of life change through Jesus. We hope to accomplish this through our core values of love big, serve hard, live bold, grow deep, and move forward. For more information on our service times and locations, please visit our website at discoverrevo.com. I'm going to determine whether you had a great Thanksgiving by asking you a series of questions. Number one, raise your hand if you fried your turkey. Wow, lots of lost people in here. Excellent. My, wow, wow, lots of baked turkey. My hope and prayer for you is that you would meet Jesus today and give your life to him. And uh, but thanks for worshiping. All right, sweet potatoes. Anybody eat sweet potato casserole? All right, so hands down. Who's, who's team marshmallows? Who has marshmallows on top? Okay, just a few people. That, is, that encourages me greatly. Pecans, and it is pecans. If you're not saying pecans, you're saying it wrong. All right, team pecans, that's good. So a lot of people had a good Thanksgiving. Um, that's, that's awesome. If you're watching online, hope you ate well and uh, you enjoyed, enjoyed family and friends. Um, if, if you've been rolling with Revo for very long, you know that the Sunday after Thanksgiving, uh, we always do communion and uh, we celebrate that together. And uh, I was thinking about this year, um, it just makes sense, right, to do communion after Thanksgiving and be thankful for what God has given us. And I was thinking this year, uh, every year when we do this, I was like, man, we, we do, we should do like a series on Thanksgiving, on thankfulness, on gratitude. It, it usually just goes so well just to center our hearts and our minds on gratitude moving into the holiday season. So that's what we did this year. So we're closing up a four-week series. Pastor Matthew brought the heat last week here. Uh, if you didn't catch it last week, you can, you can look up the podcast or the video. Really, really powerful message on that. But uh, one thing in particular about this series really stuck out to me in, in my mind. And, and it was this. It was from week chapter or week two in Luke uh, 11. Uh, gratitude is a choice for us. It's not an emotion. It's a choice. Here's the kicker. It's disconnected from our current circumstances. That means that you can be grateful and thankful in your life regardless of what is going on. So let me illustrate this to you, something that happened to me. Uh, when I was in college, I did an internship for a, uh, a big church in South Carolina, worked with the student ministry. And uh, this, this student pastor was traveling one week and he asked me, when he came back into town, can you come pick me up from the airport? And so that sounds like a thing an intern would do. So I, uh, I definitely said yes. But he said, I don't want you to use your gas, so just drive my car and come pick me up from the airport. So I did that. Uh, on my way to the airport, I pull into the gas station and uh, get something to drink. Uh, as I'm leaving, I need to get on the interstate and I'm like four lanes. I got to cross four lanes to get from the gas station parking lot to the entry ramp on the interstate to get to the airport. So I pull out in my boss's really swanky uh, navy blue Volkswagen Passat that he let me borrow to come pick him up from the airport. I get across one lane, two lane, three lane, fourth lane. There was a big truck that I didn't see coming this way. Big truck runs into the front quarter panel, hits me in the, in the middle of the, the, the intersection there. And I get out, you know, I'm pretty bummed because I've just wrecked my boss's car. And uh, this guy gets out, he's got a big truck with this steel bumper on it that looks like he welded it on it himself. And uh, so he, he gets out, no damage to that steel bumper, like none whatsoever. And so he just looks at it and he's like, well, hey man, I, you know, I, I, I get it, it was an accident, you didn't mean to pull out, but it didn't damage my car. And so I, I don't want you to get a ticket. So do you just want to just pay for, for yours and we'll just leave and we don't, have to, we don't have to call the police. I was like, 
Fantastic, great. That's exactly what we're gonna do. Because my, currently my dad was paying for the car insurance on my car. So there was 0% chance I was gonna tell him that I just wrecked my boss's car. I was just gonna pay for it out of pocket anyway. So that's perfect case scenario. So I get to the airport, pick my boss up. I'm like, look, like accident. I was trying to pull out and, and a guy hit me. Didn't get a ticket or anything, but the quarter panel, front quarter panel of your car is gonna have to be replaced. And I thought that he was gonna get it. Right? I thought he was just going to understand. This guy is an intern. He makes no money. I, I, didn't, I didn't make any money. I just went there to work at the church just to gain some experience. He's like, this is a peasant for sure at our church. Like, this guy makes no money. He's a college student, makes no money. Uh, he's doing this. Like, this guy is investing his life and pouring himself out for the youth of America so that their life can be changed by Jesus. Like, I get it 100%. This guy is a, a pastor of a student ministry in a mega church in South Carolina that has more high school students in it than 90% of all of the churches in South Carolina have in total attendance, right? More high schoolers than adults, kids, students, everybody on the membership roll at 90% of the churches in the whole entire state. So I'm thinking this guy is going to look at me and say, I understand accidents happen. I understand you're a poor college student. You don't have anything. You were doing me a favor. You, know, you, you didn't want to do this. I was making you do it because you're an intern. So I just knew that he was going to get it. So I said, hey, man, I wrecked your car, and um, I just want to let you know the front quarter panel. And, and here's what he said. He said, Nathan, I get it, man. I get it. Accidents happen. He reached into his wallet, and he pulled out a business card, and he handed it to me, and he just said, just make sure you get it repaired at the dealership. And here's their number. It's like, okay. All right. Well, so I'm going to pay for this guy's car. I take it to the dealership and uh, bring it in. And a day later, he calls me back. Dealer calls me back and said, well, it looks like just the front quarter panel is going to be replaced, and um, that is going to be roughly about $1,000. $1,000 that I was going to have to pay. But I thought to myself, like, what are you going to do? Like, I wrecked this car. There's nothing else I can do. So just said, I called my boss. I said, hey, they, they said they have the car by the end of the week, and, and uh, so I'm going to take care of everything, and you'll, you'll get your car back by Friday. Sorry for the inconvenience. Very next day, dealership calls me back and said, uh, is this Nathan? Uh, the, uh, do you have a, a blue Volkswagen Passat in the shop right now? I said, yes, ma'am. Uh, he said, well, uh, we actually got some bad news. Um, we did some more looking, and it looks like the accident that hit the front quarter panel actually uh, put a crack in the radiator and did some other damage underneath the hood. And uh, originally we told you it was going to be $1,000, um, but now uh, it's looking more like it's going to be a two-week time period to get your car back and about $2,500 to get it all fixed. And so I wasn't fired up about that at all. But I wrecked his car. Like, what was I supposed to do? Like, there was nothing that I could do. So I was like, okay. Well, Friday, three days later, the end of that first week, the dealership calls me back and said, Nathan, your car's ready. I said, no, it can't be. Like, I just got a call a couple of days ago. It said it was going to be two weeks. Like, there was major damage. He said, oh, well, listen, this is what happened. Uh, we actually have three navy blue Volkswagen Passats in the shop right now. And the one that has the cracked radiator and all the uh, damage underneath the hood, that's actually one of the other two that are in there. And I think the guy just called you by mistake. The only thing that needs to be replaced is the front quarter panel is $1,000. It's done. So you can come and pick it up. I hung up the phone. I was like, that's what I'm talking about. I must be living right. You know, I was fired up, walked up there, swiped the card for a thousand bucks, walked out, paid for it. It was a done deal. My boss got his car back. Now what changed? 
from Monday to Friday. I still wrecked my boss's car. I still had to pay $1,000. The only thing that changed was my perspective. I was grateful to walk away after five days and $1,000 because my perspective changed. It didn't have anything to do with my circumstances because all of that remained the same. The only thing that changed that had an impact on my gratitude was my perspective. And I would argue that I could do the exact same thing in your life this week, if you'd let me. Your life today, fast forward to Friday of this week, and I guarantee you that I can make you 100% more thankful and grateful than you are right now, and nothing in your life would change. Here's how I'd do it. Tomorrow, I would call your boss, and I would get your boss to call you and tell you, hey, listen, uh, the company's having major layoffs, and uh, you got caught up in it, and so by Friday, you are no longer going to have a job, no severance, no job, like this just it. Uh, this, is, this is over for us <laughs> right before the holiday season. Monday afternoon, I get your doctor to call you and say, hey, the last time you were in here, we did that, that scan. Well, there's actually something that's come up on the scan that we believe is uh, cancer. And so you need to make an immediate appointment for this emergency, and we need to get this checked out. Get in here as soon as you can. And that, that night, I could get a, car, uh, get, get a call from your financial advisor to say, hey, look, I meant to tell you this, but a couple of months ago, we moved all of your retirement into some risky investments, thinking that it was going to make some money. And unfortunately, I have lost all of your retirement. Everything you've worked for your whole life is gone because we thought we'd make an investment and make some money off of it. I'm sorry. Now, I would let you sit on that for two or three days. And then on Friday... I'd get your doctor to call you back and say, hey, there was a, a mess up with the MRI machine and you don't have a mass on your brain. It's not cancer. It's nothing. You're completely clear. I'd get your boss to call you back and say, hey, it's actually not your job. It's another branch in another state in another department. You can actually keep your job. You're good to go. Sorry for the confusion. And I could, I could get your financial advisor to call you and say, hey, actually, we didn't end up making those trades a few months ago that would have lost all of your retirement, everything that you've worked so hard for for so long. We actually didn't do that. So your retirement is fully intact. Like you got more money than you know what to do with. What changed? Nothing. Your life on Monday or Sunday today is the exact same as it would be on Friday. The only thing that changed was your perspective. You thought things were a lot worse than they actually are. And as we think about gratitude and we think about thankfulness, it's not contingent on your outside circumstances changing. You can be grateful just like you are right now. Not a new job, not a new spouse, not a new house, not a new financial situation, none of that. You can be grateful right now. And so what I want to do is I want to look at one single verse today before we uh, take a communion as a faith family together. I want to look at one verse that can flip your perspective on gratitude. You don't need to change at all. Nothing about your life needs to change for you to be grateful right now, for you to be thankful. One verse in Psalm 136 that seems really simple, it's just, just a few words, you could even memorize it today if you wanted to. Uh, one verse as a reminder of how our perspectives can shift when it comes to being thankful and grateful in our life. Here it is, simple verse, Psalm 136, verse one. Here's how it reads. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. If you're taking notes right here and you want, you want your gratitude to flip, now I'm not asking you to change, I'm just saying there's a, there's a few things in here that if you wrap your mind around, you can be grateful when you walk out of the door today 
Write these down. Number one, big point, big, deep theological point that I had to go to seminary to get out of this text. Number one, give thanks. Give thanks, be grateful, not entitled. (laughs) It seems so simple, right? I mean, how many books did you have to study, Nathan, to stand up the Sunday after Thanksgiving and say, point number one is give thanks. (laughs) How many years of seminary did that take? But what's interesting here, the reason why the, the, the psalmist has to write down, give thanks, is I would argue that thankfulness does not come naturally for us. I'll prove it to you. Uh, your mom was probably, probably like my mom. Um, but if anyone ever gave me something as a kid, and, and my mom was around, she would say the same phrase. Right? She would look at me, she would look at my brother after we were given something, and she would say this one phrase. Now, what is it? What do you say? What do you say, Nathan? What do you say? I started saying that at the 930 service. Everybody was like, thank you. I was like, no, I'm not asking you what do you say. I'm saying that's what my mom would say. Now, why did my mom have to look at my brother and I and say, now, Nathan, Stephen, what do you say? Because gratitude and thanks doesn't come naturally for us. We have to be taught at a young age when someone gives you something, you say thank you. Because the natural inclination for us is to, when someone gives us something, we just grab it. And we look at it and say, I deserve this. I want this. I'm entitled to this. Of course you gave me this. I've been a good boy. (laughs) Of course you do this. I deserve it. And so the psalmist writes, I know it it sounds really simple and really elementary. and, and, And even today on Thanksgiving, like, really, this is what you came up with? But he just states, he's like, hey, can I, can I just remind you something that would flip your gratitude around? Can I just remind you that you need to give thanks? Now, he doesn't say think thanks. He doesn't say be thanks. It's give. It's an action. We learned that gratitude is expressed in our lives. So he starts out just by giving us this reminder, you and I in our lives, we need to consistently give thanks. Give thanks. Don't be entitled. I, I guess the opposite of gratitude would be entitlement. Instead of being grateful for something, we begin to think that, that we actually deserve it. And this is really pertinent when it comes to communion. It's one of the reasons why at, at Revo, we only do communion every quarter. Now, a lot of churches, they do it every Sunday or, or once a month or with other frequencies. And I get it, like you can do whatever you want to do. But the reason why we only do it quarterly is because I don't want this, what we do today, to become a routine. I don't want you to walk into the building and every Sunday, it's just like, all right, grab the cracker, pop that in, do the shot of juice, pop that, you know, say your prayer, whatever, move on to the next thing. It can so easily become routine. And when something becomes routine, it becomes ordinary and it becomes like we are, are entitled to it. Yeah, of course, every time we come in here, somebody better give me communion. And, and this gift that God has given us of his son, Jesus. And what a shame it would be if we looked at the greatest gift that was ever given to humanity and somehow, some way, became confused into thinking that God owed us that that we were actually entitled to that. Don't let a gift become the expected because when it does, you'll respond with entitlement instead of with gratitude. So the psalmist writes, hey, above everything else, before we get started here, I just gotta let you know, give thanks. Be grateful, not entitled in your life. The, The second one is this, give thanks. And then he clarifies, he says, to the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord. And when he says to the Lord, he's helping us to recognize the source. 
Here's what I see. I think some people have a hard time seeing God move in their life. They have a hard time seeing how God is blessing them because too often God provides, but we give the credit to somebody else. God blesses us. God opens a door. God gives us an opportunity. God makes a way. God allows us to experience a blessing that he has for us. And too often we will write that off and say, oh, well, that was me. Or no, that, that was somebody else made that happen. That was a family member. That was a friend of mine. That was my, that was my boss or my employer. No, that was me. I, I did that for those things. And God is working in your life. God is blessing. God is opening doors. God is doing some great things, but you can't see it because you're giving somebody else the credit. Your verse would read, give thanks to me. Give thanks to them. But the psalmist here, he says, let me, let me just make sure that you know, I know that you can be thankful for things in your life, but please don't miss it. Please don't get confused. We are giving thanks to God because the good things that we have that are in our life come from God. So here's a question for you this morning. Who are you giving credit to? The good things that you have, the blessings that you enjoy, the opportunities, the doors that are open, everything you have in your life, who are you giving credit to? Every day you, you finish this sentence, give thanks to fill in the blank. Who is it? Are we taking the credit for what God is doing? Are we giving God's credit and glory to our boss or to politicians or to friends or to family or to systems and structures around us? I think that's why it's so important. He had to clarify here. He says, now I want you to give thanks. I want you to be grateful and feel thankfulness in your heart. But listen, to the Lord, because that's who provided that's who gave it. That's who opened the door. That's who provided the opportunity. The last phrase that he ends is number three. Give thanks to the Lord. Why? For he is good. Here's the caveat. Check this out. He is good even when life is not. See, a lot of people miss gratitude. Some of you aren't thankful right now because you missed what the psalmist just said here. Pay attention to this. It doesn't say give thanks when things are good. It doesn't say, now make sure you give thanks when the Lord does good things for you. Give thanks when everything is perfect. Give thanks when, when your life is good, when finances are good, when your marriage is good, when your, your school is good, when your career is good, when your health is good. It doesn't say any of that. He says, make sure that you give thanks to the Lord for He is good. Even when your life is difficult, He is still good. Even when life doesn't make sense, he is still good. Even when it doesn't work out like you wanted it to or when you wanted it to or how you wanted it to, this psalmist is saying, look, you gotta get this, man. He is still good even if life looks bad. Even if life is hard. Even if you're on the struggle bus right now in some area of your life, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. When you recognize that the Father is good, then it brings you a peace even when it seems like the world is not. Occasionally when my daughters go to the doctor, I have to take them and uh, Elizabeth and I will take turns with the different daughters and they inherited something from me, uh, just an absolute fear of shots, right? Uh, I hate shots, hate needles. Uh, like I pass out, I'm, I'm getting faint. Like my 
palms are sweaty, like the whole deal. Like they're asking me, sir, are you okay? Do you need to sit down? And like, it's just terrible. My girls get that from me. Uh, but we still have to go in there. Like every couple of years, they have this, whatever the, the immunizations are that kids have to get when they go to the doctor. And so I'll walk into the doctor with my kids. And, and like the only thing that, that will, is the saving grace, the only thing that will calm them down in the slightest little bit is when they look at dad and dad says, look, I know it's gonna, it might sting a little bit when the shot goes in, but look, I would never do anything to hurt you, right? You know that, right? Like, I, I would not do this to you if it wasn't going to help you or it wasn't gonna keep you safe or it wasn't gonna keep you healthy, okay? So even when the shot goes in and it stings, they can look at the face of their dad and they know that their dad is good. And when you know that dad is good and dad is with you, then it helps you tolerate the pains that you go through. See, when you understand that when you go through life, and you have struggles and you have pains and suffering and you have the shots that you have to get in, in your life, the moment that you can look towards the face of the Father and remind yourself that He is good, then it allows you to navigate the different circumstances that you have in your life in a totally different way. Even when things are bad, when you know He is good, then you can be thankful. Even when there's pain, even when there's heartache, even when there's suffering, when you know he is good, when that reminder comes across your mind, when you know that God is good, that your father loves you, then it helps you navigate these different aspects of life. The psalmist, just, just in a really simple way, reminds us to remember that God is good. He is good, even when other things aren't. In James chapter one, uh, James writes like this, every good and perfect gift is from God. Everything that you have that is good comes from God. All of it is his. He is the source. Why? Because he is good and he loves you and he has a plan and a purpose for your life. Every good gift comes from God. That's why the psalmist write, I want you to give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Communion uh, and the way we celebrate that as a, as a faith family is a great reminder of this simple verse in the book of Psalms. It's a good reminder for us that on a day like today, I know it's the day after Thanksgiving, but especially when we do communion, it's a time to give thanks for what God has done. And, and we're gonna give God the credit for it because when God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for us, we didn't earn it. We didn't deserve it. We weren't entitled to this. It was a gift from God. And so we're gonna acknowledge the source. We're gonna give thanks to the Lord. Why? For he's good. And what he did for you and for me so that we could experience life now and life for eternity. You can't argue with the fact that God is good and that he loves you. So let's pray as we come into this time that we'll take communion together. And um, man, just ask God to get our hearts and our minds moving in the right direction to respond to the gift that he's given us through his son, Jesus. Pray with me. God, thank you. Thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus. Thank you that even when our circumstances might seem a little crazy and out of control, even in the midst of things that we can't explain and we don't understand the timing or, or why it happened or why it happened to us, that even in the midst of that, that we can look on the face of the Father and see that you are good. 
we know your character and your goodness. So God, as we take a moment to remember this sacrifice and what you gave to us through your son Jesus, I pray that our hearts, our minds, our focus would be on gratitude towards you, that this message, this text would seep deep into our hearts and souls and that it would produce an attitude of gratitude in us and allow us to respond to you in an appropriate way for the gift that you've given us. Pray and ask those things in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Revo Podcast. We believe everyone has a next step to take in their relationship with Jesus. If you would like more information on what that means for you, or if you have any questions about today's message, please email us at info at discoverrevo.com.